tonight into the presence of the Lord. I tell you, that was, that was awesome. That was awesome. Yes, ma'am. I did see that. Yes. That is awesome. That is awesome. We were talking about that earlier. I saw where he did that. I didn't hear. Brother Jim, tell, tell us what you was telling me. Um, Yes. Amen. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, praise God. Yes, yes, praise God. That's great. Amen. Amen. Keep, keep our president in prayer and uh, pray for him every, every day or whenever you, as often as you can. He needs our prayers and uh, praise God. That's why um, Satan, the powers of darkness, are agitated. They are angry. They are stirred up. Uh, because of what our president is standing for. I'm not saying he's um, a Christian. Now, I know, I, only God knows his heart, but I am saying God is using him to do some wonderful things politically and for Israel and for this nation. And, you know, that's one of the reasons God's blessing America is because if we bless Israel, God will bless us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, uh, Miss Dorothy, for mentioning that. Thank you. James chapter 1. How many's got your Bibles tonight? Amen. Got your Bible tonight? Let's go to James chapter 1. We, we began here last uh, week. Now, we're not, I am not teaching through the book of James, but we are dealing with some things in this first chapter. We are talking about, I began last week. I don't know if I'll finish tonight or not. We'll just have to see how it goes. But we're talking about turning trials into triumphs. Turning trials into triumphs. And uh, James chapter 1, if you're there, and I'm going to begin reading with verse number 1. James chapter 1, verse number 1. I think they'll have it up on the screen for you. But uh, if not, that's why you bring your Bible. Amen or your smart device, or whatever you have the word on. My brethren, James begins, uh, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings, my brethren, verse 2, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. 
Do I need to read that again? <laughs> count it all joy. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's where we want to be, isn't it? Perfect and complete, lacking nothing. But before we can get to verse 5, we've got to get through verse 2, 3, and 4. All right? <laughs> or 2 and 3 before we get to 4. Then in verse 5, he says, if, you lack, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let, that, let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Jump down to verse 12. Blessed, verse 12, blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. Notice that. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. That's what we're looking for, is approval, not from man, because you're not going to get it there, but from the Lord. Amen? When he has been approved, he'll receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted... I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He tempt anyone. Amen. Um, we began talking to you last week um, from these, these scriptures on, on turning our trials into triumphs. And um, just, to, just a little bit of a review and uh, uh, um, to refresh your memory about last week, we talked about this group that James was writing to. He referred to them as brethren, but they were, they were Jews, Christian Jews, that had been scattered or dispersed because of persecution, and they were experiencing some severe times of testing and trials. They were going through some rough times. They were having some, some troubles. And um, they were having problems, as we said, in their personal lives, there was problems within the church that James deals with all through this book of James. And you'll, you, as you read through, and I think someone told me they did their homework last week, Sister Sharon, and read the book of James. It's only five chapters, but if you'll read that, you'll find all through that book that James deals with various problems in the lives of these believers, in the lives of these Jewish Christians. And um, so the problem, as we said last week, the, the main cause of the problems that these Christians had were facing in their lives and the problems that were in the church in that day is the same main cause that we find within the church today. And the common cause is, does anybody remember what we said? It was spiritual immaturity. 
remaining childish and babes in Christ, not growing up, not developing in our faith and in our walk with the Lord. And uh, there's a lot of Christians in that same in that same boat, so to speak, today that are they're saved and they love the Lord, but they're just not growing in Christ. And I believe that that is immaturity, spiritual immaturity, is one of the number one problems, probably the number one problem within the body of Christ, within, within the church. Because when you get born again, you get saved, you get born again as a babe in Christ, but then there comes the growth process where we are to grow up and mature in our spiritual walk with the Lord. And um, so God, that's what God's looking for today, as mature men and women of God within the body of Christ. That's one of the greatest needs within the church today, within the, 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 the body of Christ, is um, spiritual maturity. Now, how many would agree with that? Now, I think you guys here on Wednesday night are, um, you, you want to grow up, don't you? All of us do. That should be the desire of every one of us, not to remain babes in, in Christ, but to grow and to develop in Him. Now, in this book of James, he uses the word perfect several times. And I mentioned to you last week when we're talking about when James is talking about perfect or perfection, being perfect, he's not talking about sinlessness. You're not going to be sinlessly perfect until the rapture takes place and we have our glorified body. But when he, when he talks about perfection, when the Scriptures talks about being perfect, you remember Jesus said in, uh, in the Beatitudes, He said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So that that's, means to be complete, to be matured, to be growing, to be grown up and complete. And not everyone that grows old grows up. Amen? So we want to grow up as we grow old in the Lord and as we grow old in the, in, um, in the physical and the natural, we want to grow up in the spiritual realm as well. And so um, a part of that growing up and maturing and developing and our faith developing and, and, and getting stronger, a part of that involves testing and trials. I knew you wanted to hear that. Amen? But it does. And that's what James is dealing with here, how that you and I, how that believers profit from trials and tests, various trials and tests. And we talked about that biblical principle, you know, um, uh, uh, how that, that, that there is a... You know, there's a biblical principle that, that, that when we're facing difficult times, well, I use the, I use the, the, uh, the cliche, the saying, when the, wor when, when the world gives you a lemon, what do you do? You make a lemonade. Amen. So you make the best out of a bad situation. Well, that's not a scripture. That, the Bible doesn't say that anywhere, you know. Uh, maybe it's in 2 Hezekiah 16. But uh, uh, it doesn't say when you get a lemon, make lemon. But, but that is a biblical principle, amen, because we find it all through the Word of God that there were people in the Bible that faced, um, 
faced problems, faced trials, faced impossible situations, and through the help of God and through their faith, stood strong and turned defeat into victory and trial into triumph. And uh, that's what God wants us to do. Instead of us being victims when we're going through trials, instead of us losing faith and giving up when we're going through trials, God wants us to be victors and overcome in those situations. Amen. So that's what James is telling us here. And that the result of that victory, when we go through the trials and testings, and here's what James is teaching in this first chapter, as we endure and persevere and, 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 and uh, um, exercise patience in those times of trial... As we do that and, 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 and are, are, are victorious in those and come through them, the result of that victory then is a development of our character and, and also is spiritual maturity. So the growing process and the maturing process and the developing of our Christian walk has to involve some times of trials and testing. And I know you came just to hear that, didn't you? Amen. But I think if I would ask you all tonight how many know that for a fact, we've all been there and experienced that. There's not one of us that hasn't. Amen. So I said that there were four imperatives that James gives that are essential to victory in trials. And he says to count, to know, to let, and to ask. And last week we just dealt with that first one, which was count. In verse number 2, James 1 and 2, where he said, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse, various trials um, and tests. This is, uh, uh, this is a joyful attitude, James is saying, that we are to have. Now, I know this is, you know, this is something that all of us, I'm getting on my toes, your toes, everybody's toes stepped on tonight. Come on, somebody. But this is true. Count it all joy. And this is the very thing that we probably most of us don't do when we fall into various trials is to count or consider it all joy. And James is telling us to expect trials. He didn't say if we fall into various trials, but he said when we fall into various trials, then we are to count it all joy. Amen? Now, that, 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 that word to count, you know, we talked about that, how that we are going to fall into, we're going to encounter various different trials, different kinds of testing, it's going to come to us. But the word count there is a key word because when he said to count it all joy, he means, here, he means that this is how we have to evaluate the situation. This is how we have to calculate or compute our circumstances and our situation. When we face trials in life, we have got to evaluate them in the light of what God is doing in us through that situation that we're going through and we're experiencing in our life. Did you, did you get that? Do you understand that? So it explains why the, dedica the dedicated Christian can experience joy or count it joy 
when we're going through those different kinds of trials and tests. Because anything God allows us to go through... And again, we're not talking about solicitation uh, to evil. We're not talking about the temptations like the devil brings to us. You know, when Satan tempts us, temptation, temptation that comes from Satan is a solicitation for us to yield to our own lustful desires and to commit sin. That's temptation. The trials here that we're talking about that God allows us to go through and uses to test us is because we read it to you in verse 13. God will never tempt you with anything evil. He, he cannot be tempted with evil and he does not tempt any man. But he will test our faith and allow us to experience various trials to test the character of our faith and the quality of our faith. Are you with me? So when we go through those times, this word count means that we have to, we have to evaluate our trials in the light of what God's doing in us and through us. And somebody, you know, we need to understand that God's purpose for trials in our life is not to destroy us, but God's purpose for trials in our life is to, is to help us, to strengthen us, and to develop us. Are you with me? And we'll look at that. We'll look at that. Amen? So, you know, we have to have kind of the attitude like Job had. And I mentioned this last uh, Wednesday night when Job went through his testing. Job said in Job 23.10, he said, he, but he knows. Job couldn't figure out what, why he was going through what he's going through. But he said, but he, God, knows the way that I take. And when he, God, has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. So when trials come, then we are immediately to count it all joy. We're to immediately give thanks to the Lord in the midst of that trial and that situation and, and adopt a joyful attitude in the midst of it. This, as we'll get into here in a minute, this is what patience is. It's enduring a trial joyfully. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Praise God. We're all going to need altar call tonight, ain't we? <laughs> Amen. And so that's where 1 Thessalonians 5.18 comes in. We talked about a couple of Sunday nights ago. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. Not, not necessarily for everything that happens, because everything that happens in your life is not um, caused by God. It may be allowed by the Lord, but Satan gets in there and plays games with us. But he didn't say that we were to to thank Him for everything, but in everything, in the midst of it. Develop that attitude and of joyfulness, and that's what James is saying here in James 1, in the times that, we're fought, that we are in those various trials and tests, then we must count it, consider it, evaluate what God's doing in us, that God has a purpose in it, and so we count it all joy because, listen, 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 here's the thing. You as a child of God have been bought with the price of the blood of Jesus. You do not belong to the devil anymore. 
You are not in the kingdom of darkness anymore. You belong to God. You belong to, to the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been bought with a price. And the Bible says that, 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 that if you belong to God and you are called according to the purpose of God and you love God, what does Romans 8, 28 say? That if you do that, if you are, are serving the Lord and living for the Lord, that all things work together for your good. Why? Because God is in control of your life and your life belongs to Him and your life is hid with Christ in God. So when you know that God's working it all together for your good no matter how bad it may look, God's got you in His hands and He's going to work it out. Then you can count it all joy. Come on, amen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's the determination. See, Satan's desires to destroy your faith. God's desire and determination is to strengthen. His intention is to strengthen your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we count it all joy. Are you getting Have you got that? Yes. <laughs> now, verse number three is the second imperative that James gives. And he says this, knowing, here's the knowing part. This is why we can count it all joy, because of we're knowing something now. We've got to know this. So before we leave here tonight, what we're talking about in verse 3, you've got to know it. You can't think it or hope it or maybe it. You've got to know, you've got to know that the testing of your faith produces Patience. What is that patience? That's endurance or perseverance. Now, your faith, if you're born again, I'm assuming everybody here is. Amen. Most of the time, most of the time, lost sinners don't come on Wednesday night, but generally everybody on Wednesday night is saved. So if you're saved tonight, you have faith. Amen. You had to have faith to get born again. God's given to every man the and woman the measure of faith. Amen. By grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. It's the gift of God. So you had to have faith to get saved and you got your faith from the Lord giving you that faith. Praise God. So you have faith. And here's the thing though. As a believer, as a Christian, your faith has got to be tested. Our faith. And the, the, the greater your faith, the greater the test. God's not going to allow you to be tested above what you're able to bear. Isn't that what the Scripture says? Well, I know sometimes it feels like it. I know sometimes it seems like it. Lord, I don't know if I can handle this or not, but just count it all joy because here you got to know, you got to know that your faith will be tested and the testing of your faith proves the fact that your faith is being tested, that God is, is allowing you to be tested, proves that you are truly born again and that you are a child of God. A child of God. Amen. Amen. And so God always tests us to bring out the best in us, Satan tempts us to bring out the worst in us. But God's design is to bring out the best in us. I'm going to read a verse of Scripture. I didn't give this to him, but in Deuteronomy 
chapter number 8 and verse 2. I just want to read this. I won't make a lot of comments on it. But turn there to Deuteronomy chapter 8. And look what God said to the children of Israel in chapter 8 and verse 2. He said this because I've heard people say, well, God won't test you. Well, you know, read Genesis 22.1. You know, when you read that, it says that, that it came to pass that God did test Abraham. Abraham was tested. God tested his faith. But look here at what God says to the children of Israel. And, and here we are in Deuteronomy. You know, they had come through the wilderness. They were about, they were, they were on the verge of going to the promised land. They'd been in the wilderness for 40 years. And listen to what the Lord says. And he says in verse 2, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. So He humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed. See, God sometimes allows difficult situations in our life to see how we are going to act and how we're going to react. It's a test. Everything with the child of God is a test. This is only a test. Hallelujah. Amen? <laughs> but it's going to depend on how God wants to see how see God's omniscient he knows but he wants to see and wants you and I to see how we're going to react to the test and that's what he said to the children of Israel here in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3 he said so he humbled you God humbled you allowed you to hunger fed you with manna which you did not know or did your fathers know that he he might make you to know um, that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So there in Deuteronomy chapter 8, we see where it says that, the, that God allowed them to go through some stuff. Everything Israel went through was a test. They came through the Red Sea. They're shouting the victory having camp meeting on the other side of the Red Sea. Miriam and all the women get a tambourine and they're having a, they're having a Holy Ghost breakdown, all right? And they're shouting and, and singing the horse and the rider he's cast in the midst of the sea. And three days later, they're at the waters of Myra wanting to go back to Egypt. Myra was a test. God allowed them to go three days without any water. He allowed them to come to Myra where the waters were bitter to see how they would react. Everything for you, believer, is a test of your faith. And they failed the test. Man, there's been... I'm not going to stand up here and tell you, I fly through mine with flying colors. Because if Vicky was in here, she'd get up and say, no, you don't. <laughs> I'm preaching to me just as I am y'all, okay? But, but... Testing is to work for us and not against us. The word testing can be translated approval. And it was used that way there in James, I think, chapter 12, 
chapter, uh, verse 12 in that first chapter, but it can be translated approval. And the Greek word translated testing means this. Here's the definition of it. It means to try to learn the genuineness of something by examination and testing, often through actual use. To try to determine the genuineness of something by examination and testing, often through actual use. Peter helps us to understand that a little bit better in 1 Peter 1 and 7 when he says this. He says that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire. So he is saying there that, that testings and trials, it is used to approve and to test the genuineness of your faith and my faith. Amen? So those trials work for the believer. They're working for you and not against you. Knowing this, knowing this, that the testing of your faith works, develops, puts into force the force of the, 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 the attribute of patience and perseverance and endurance and steadfastness. Amen. That's where patience comes in, that we're standing the test. We're going through the fire. We're going through the flood and we're not giving up. Come on, somebody. Woo! Hallelujah! I'm about to shout tonight. Praise God! Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4, and I'm talking about here how those trials work for the believer, not against the believer. Satan, yes, desires for that to be your destruction. God's intention is for it to develop patience, to exercise patience, and to develop some character in you. And so here's what he says, 2 Corinthians 4. Verse 17, Paul says, For this light, and this is the ESV here I'm reading, for this light momentary affliction. I like that. Momentary. Well, I feel like it's been going on a long time. But it's only momentary. And it's only light. This light momentary affliction, listen to this. Listen to this. What's the purpose of it? Is preparing uh, preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So the momentary affliction, the test, the trial that we're going through is preparing us, Paul said, for an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison to what we're going through. In other words, when we, get, when we get through the thing, and you will if you exercise patient endurance, and you get through the thing, the, the weight of glory and the blessing is going to be so much better on the other side of the trial. That's hard to see when you're going through it, but when you get on the other side, man, I'm telling you, if you just get through Somebody said, who was it? Somebody said, God will always pull you through if you can stand the pull. But trials, let's talk about this thing called patience for a minute. I know everybody's itching to hear about that. But let's look at this thing called patience. Because trials 
rightly used. And I know some people don't agree with this, but I believe the Bible bears it out. That trials rightly used, rightly used, help to mature us. Now we're talk, we, we, we begin by talking about the, 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 the spiritual immaturity of these people. But James is telling them now, listen, knowing that, that, that the trying of your faith, he said, these various trials are knowing that they're working patience in you. And then he said, let patience have what? It's perfect work that you may be perfect and complete. Can you see there's a maturing process, a a, a development, a completion that's going on in your life, in your spiritual life, development that's going on through these times of trial. Now listen, he says, see, here's here's the thing God wants to do is to produce, as I said, produce patient endurance. What is patience? Now, you know, the, the, a better word for it is perseverance or endurance. And this patient endurance, what it is, is the ability to keep going when everything gets tough. When the going gets tough, the tough keep going. Amen? That's what patience is. That's what this endurance is. This is the, it's the endurance of our, of our, of our faith. See, pa- patience, we've got the idea that patience is just some kind of a some kind of a passive acceptance of circumstances. Well, we just accept the thing for the way it is and there isn't anything we can do with it about it and this is just my lot in life and this is just the cross that I have to bear. But patience, the Bible that the Bible speaks of is not a passive acceptance of circumstances. But Bible patience is a courageous perseverance in the face of suffering and difficulty that will stand Stand up against the storm, against the conflict, praise God, and will continue to believe and to trust and endure and to stand and to fight the good fight of faith till you come through on the other side. That's what that's what Bible patience is, amen? It's that 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 endurance. It's the capacity to continue. This is the definition of it in the Greek. It's the capacity to continue to bear up under difficult circumstances. The ability to be able to endure, and I like this one, it is staying power. S-T-A-Y-I-N-G. Staying power. And that's the one thing that I see lacking in so many of our lives today is that steadfast endurance and that just staying power that says, I'm going to stand my ground against the attacks of the enemy. Amen? Paul said in Ephesians 6, talking about that spiritual warfare that we're in, he said, what did he, do? what did he say for us to do? Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. When you've done all to stand, what? Stand, hallelujah, with the whole armor of God on stand your ground. Praise God. Whew. Look at Romans 5, 3. Verse 3 and 4, Romans 5. Paul says this, and not only that, he's kind of saying the same thing that James was saying. 
Listen to what Paul said. And Paul went through some stuff, didn't he? But we also glory in tribulations. That word glory means to rejoice. Romans 5, 3. That word means to rejoice. So we also rejoice in tribulations. Why? Same thing James says. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials and tests. So here he says, we also rejoice in tribulations. Why? Knowing. Oh, there's the word knowing again. We're knowing something. How can we rejoice in these tribulations? Because we know that tribulation produces perseverance. Same thing James said, wasn't it? Same Holy Spirit talking to both of them. Tribulation produces perseverance. And here it is, verse 4. And perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope makes not ashamed. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. But do you see the progression there? Do you see where Paul brings it out? That, that, that we rejoice in tribulations? Because here again, we know that tribulation produces patience or perseverance or endurance. And as we persevere, as we endure, as we stand, as we, as we manifest that staying power in the midst of those trials, that perseverance and endurance develops and produces Character. Right. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I don't know. I guess I'm the only one excited about that. Yeah. Do, you want your, do you want your character developed? Yes. I mean to be, to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ? Praise God. So in your resistance against difficulty and opposition, spiritual stamina is developed and strong Christian character is developed. So Peter says, the trying of your faith, more precious than gold. Job said, when he's tried me, I'll come forth as pure gold. So there's got to be some trials, some fire that purifies and develops. And I've talked about it before too, the, the resistance factor, you know, when you're pumping iron or working out and, you know, you're getting all pumped up, you know, and everything and you build it. That resistance training builds those muscles, strengthen those muscles. The mus faith is like a muscle. If you just tie it up and put it in a sling and never use it, it, it you, it'll, it'll die. It will just, it won't develop. It won't be strong. But through resistance, through perseverance, through those difficulties and oppositions, that spiritual stamina is developed and your faith is developed and your character is developed. And that's what James said. You got to know this. Count it all joy because you know that it's working your patience and your patience is developing you into a stronger Christian and manner woman of God. Come on, amen. amen. Woo, hallelujah. Man. I got to close, don't I? What time we got? All right. Immature, we're talking again, bringing this into maturity, but immature Christians 
are always impatient Christians. Mature people are patient, persistent people. Impatience and unbelief walk hand in hand. They go together just like faith and patience go together. See, faith and patience are twins. They walk together. Paul said in Hebrews 6 and 12, he said, follow be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. He said you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you receive the promise. So, so, so faith and patience walk together, but, but impatience, a lack of patience, shows that we're more in doubt than we are in faith. So the only way the Lord can develop patience and character in our lives is through those trials. You can't develop endurance by reading about it in a book. You can't develop endurance by hearing Pastor Rick talk about it on Wednesday night or preach a sermon about it. Amen? You can't develop endurance by praying a prayer and asking God for it. You know, I've heard people say, well, I'm not going to pray for patience because if I pray for patience, I'll get tribulation. You're going to have tribulation. You better make sure you got some patience. Glory to God. Amen? So you can't get it by praying for it, by hearing a sermon about it, by reading about it in a book. The only way to get it, to develop it, to have it in your life. I'm talking about perseverance, endurance, patience. We've got to go through the difficulties of life and trust God and believe God and obey God as we are going through those and take that stand for Him. Praise God. Stand on His Word and the results will be endurance and character when we come through on the other side. I'll guarantee you, you'll love Him more. You'll trust Him more. You'll be stronger in Him when you get through on the other side. Can you give the Lord a good hand? clap of praise. Well, I don't have time to do the other two. I thought I'd get through that, but because the next one is let. Let patience. You got to know what patience will do, but then here's the surrendered will. You got to let patience work. You got to let patience, verse 4, have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Can we pick it up there next Wednesday night? Praise God. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Let's stand tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So count it all joy. Count it all joy.